Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Baking with House of Bread podcast. And in this episode, we are going to discuss the hard-crusted artisan sourdough. So this recipe is going to produce about three one-pound round loaves, or you could do two larger round loaves. And this loaf is going to taste much more sour than the traditional sandwich loaves of sourdough that I covered in the previous episode, episode number nine. If you love that tangy sourdough flavor, biting into that crunchy crust, then you're going to love this bread. I will forewarn you, though, it takes about four days to produce. Why? Well, it takes time to coax out all that sour flavor. So even though it does take four days, you really are not spending that much time on it each day. I would say total, it's, it's no more than about an hour of actually kneading and measuring and working with the dough. In this recipe, I added a teaspoon of yeast. To the rest because because uh, I really I'd like the texture better and it's sort of an insurance agent against the starter so in case your starter is not that strong it'll give it a little bit of boost I'm mean, keep in mind if you if you didn't use the starter I would be adding about 10 times as much yeast and it really isn't that much yeast in comparison to the amount of flour because there's purists out there and they really don't they want only naturally leavened breads and so you can easily delete this teaspoon of yeast just make sure you got a mature starter. If your starter isn't that mature and you leave out the yeast, what's going to happen? You're just going to get a more denser loaf. So it still could taste very good. It's just going to be very dense. But this recipe assumes you're using a good, active, mature starter. And if you want to make your own starter, then review episode number seven. So on the first day, day number one, so you take two cups of sourdough starter and then one and a third cups of white bread flour what you do is you pour your sourdough starter in a mixing bowl or a bucket, whatever you're going to use. And then you add in your about a cup of flour and mix with your hands and to combine and then continue adding the rest of the flour until basically what you're going to get is you're going to get a dough ball that will form. It's going to be sticky. It's going to be sticking to your hands and you're going to want to add more flour. <laughs> and so you can, but add flour a tablespoon at a time because you don't want to get it too stiff. The most important day is day three and getting the texture right. So you can add a little more um, flour if you, if you want to. So it should be a smooth and elastic at the end of the mixing. So mix it for a few more minutes. Okay, so then you put it into your container and you basically cover it and you refrigerate overnight. I happen to cover it with a, it's a dish towel. I mean, you can use a paper towel, you can use saran wrap, you know, so whatever you want, we just cover it so it protects the environment of your refrigerator too. So now it goes in the refrigerator overnight and on day number two, you remove your mixture from day number one from the fridge and then you let it sit out for a few hours. It should be at least three. And if you end up like going to work and you take it out in the morning and then you come back eight hours later, it's gonna be fine. Four hours is perfect. But if it's as little as three, that's okay. If as much as eight, you're fine. Okay, then you want to add a cup of water that's pretty close to room temperature. Just basically take it right out of the tap. And then you stir it until it's combined. Add more water if, you, if it's needed. Because what you're going to do now is you're going to make like a smooth, thick, pourable starter. It's really going to be about the same consistency as the sourdough starter that you began this process with. And I always kind of try to tell people is think of it like a really thick pancake batter. And then once you get it to that consistency, you're going to add, here's where you're going to add your teaspoon of yeast if you choose to do so. And then you're going to add about a third 
more cup of a like a white bread flour. And if all you have is all-purpose flour, it's, it's going to work fine too. So then you stir all the ingredients into combined, and then you cover with a towel and you let it sit on the counter overnight. Okay, so day two is on the counter. Then on day three, you mix the following ingredients together in a mixing bowl, or you can hand knead the dough as well. So you take all of your mixture from day two that's on the counter. I made this recipe at home um, in order to like do it for YouTube. Mine had a like a kind of a hard crust on it, even though I put a paper towel on it. You don't have to remove that. It's totally fine. So you just take all that mixture in there. You want to add like a cup of water. Doesn't really matter the temperature, just kind of a mild temperature, you know, cool. And then a teaspoon of salt, three and a half cups of white bread flour. Here's where I like to add about a tablespoon of honey. And this is completely optional. But the reason I like to add it is because I like the color of the loaf better. It's, it's a little bit, uh, a little bit more golden with the honey in it. And I do like a little bit of sweetener. I mean, trust me, it's only a tablespoon and there's, and this is a big batch of, of dough. So you're not going to really taste any sweetness. So if you want to delete it, feel free. And remember, when you're baking at home, you get to bake to your own tastes and needs. So like I said, if you don't want to add the yeast, if you don't want to add the honey, that's totally fine. Now you're going to take it and you're going to basically mix on about a medium speed in your countertop mixer for about, oh, basically probably about five to eight minutes, or you're going to hand knead it and you're going to hand knead it about the same, about probably about the same time. What you want to do here is when you want to think about the consistency of it. Okay. So do I have enough water? Do I have enough flour? Because I tell you why, because this thing is how you're, the next day you're actually just going to let it proof and you're going to bake it. So you're not going to add water or flour. So really day three is the most crucial here. When I made this at home, I ended up having to add about a half cup of flour. So I don't know if I didn't measure correctly the day before or what, but you, you want to get, that's just where you get like that smooth ball. So it's going to stick to you. Remember, this is a wetter dough. So it's not like a grandma's white dough or even your traditional sourdough loaf dough. It's much stickier. And the reason it's going to be stickier is because it's going to, first of all, it's going to sit in the refrigerator overnight and your refrigerator, big dehydrant. And so if you think of it that way, and then also remember doughs only get drier. So it's going to be sticking to like in an uncomfortable way that you're not quite used to. Just stick your hands in a bag of flour or whatever you have, and then come back to the dough. Slowly over time too, is the water gets absorbed more so. And so just work with a little bit and then It'll get into a smooth ball and it's still going to be sticky, but it's going to be round. And because if it's in a ball shape, it's got enough flour in it to hold that shape. And that's kind of what we're going for. It's very sticky, but it's not so wet that it can't hold a round ball shape. Now you're ready to go. You are going to take that and I would cover your dough. I use a towel once again, but if you want to use saran wrap, whatever you want to use. And now it goes back into the refrigerator and overnight. Now we're on day four. So you basically, you take your dough out of the refrigerator and then you want to let it sit there for a few hours to get it closer to room temperature. Like I said, if you end up having to go into work, come back eight hours later, that's fine. But shoot for about four hours. And it really depends also too on the temperature of your home. Now you want to take your dough, you divide it into three pieces and you shape it into round loaves. Okay, now you've got your round loaves. We let it proof for about two to three hours more. And sometimes we have to spray them. It, I don't want it cracking. Well, you can also cover it with a plastic wrap. It'll prevent the dough from crusting. And then you could also, or just spray water on it. 
I like to egg wash this loaf uh, just right prior to baking. And then we just make a, a just a quick cross on top of the dough. I mean, you can decorate however you want to. But the key here is um, if you do choose to egg wash, you don't have to. You egg wash first. And then you score is right before it goes into the oven. Because if you end up scoring too early, it's during the proofing, it's it gets deformed. So score right before you go in the oven. And you can also do what's called an ear. And the ear is like you kind of, you take a very sharp knife. Or if you have a razor blade, you can use that too, but you don't need one. And then you take the top of your round loaf. And you can make these oval too, shaped. So whatever you want to do. And then you go about two inches off of that from the center and then you just cut real quick it's about a quarter inch kick quick uh, slice all the way through the loaf and then what you'll see is during the baking process that you know it grows it springs up and it does kind of look like an ear on you this is a higher temperature baked loaf and the reason that we bake these loaves at a higher temperature because that's another factor in getting a harder crust if you have a wetter dough you're going to get a harder crust and i want a higher temperature, and it bakes on a hot surface, and also injects steam. Those are the four qualities you're going to get with the necessary ingredients to get a harder crust. So we bake this at about 425 degrees, and we do use a baking sheet. What we do is is that we put this dough on a it's on parchment paper on a baking sheet, and then we spray the oven heavily with a spray bottle of water. And that we've also do is that our our oven does not inject steam. So some commercial ovens, they inject steam. You can just push a button. And quite frankly, that's going to be the next oven I get. Because this adds an extra step, and it's not really that big of a deal, but we have um, solid shells uh, in our oven. And so we'll basically just take water. We take like, you know, we're talking like two quarts of water. And I love doing it for the baking class students because they always <laughs> they always look at me so wide-eyed when I'm throwing this water right on the um, and sometimes it gets right on the loaf. It doesn't really matter. And I get it to hit the oven shelf. And at that temperature, it makes steam. And the other, you know, at home, what you can do is you can um, just take a cookie sheet and put it in the oven. When you, you know, when you turn on the oven, put your cookie sheet in then because I want a hot surface, right? And then you can put ice on there. You can use a, like a, even a pan so you can put ice on there and that slowly will produce steam as well. If you don't have room for an empty sheet or pan of ice put in the oven, then just get a spray bottle. That's what we use. And we just spray the bottles and we spray the loaves before we going into the oven. And then we open up the oven door. We spray again after about 10 minutes of baking. And we also, will, that's when we'll throw the water in too. And you really have to hit the water. It's only going to work in the first 20 minutes. You know, if you forget to inject steam, and it's been baking for, you know, 20, 25 minutes, just forget it, okay? Because it's already it's already set. It, it's still going to taste great, so don't worry about it too much. But the general rule is add some water in the beginning, and then after 10 minutes of baking, add it again. And you really want to bake this until it's like a, it's like a nice uh, golden brown color. And how long it's going to take really is going to depend upon your oven. All ovens are different. And so just because you set it 350 degrees doesn't mean it is 350 degrees, first of all. And then second of all, it depends upon the size of the oven, where the where the loaves are in relationship to another. So if you it's a full oven, it's going to take longer to bake. Start with about 25 minutes and then just take it every, every five minutes for it to be done. And I do like this particular loaf to go a little bit higher than 180. 
So 180 degrees is when dough turns into bread, but I like this one to go to about 200 degrees. Towards the end of the bake, the, when the bread is baking, it's going to bake much more quicker. After 25 minutes, you check it for five minutes and you check it for five minutes again. Now you really want to keep an eye on it. It might be just a couple minutes. So if your thermometer is reading like 190, maybe just a couple more minutes and then take it out. Okay, so there's another option or alternative style of baking a hard crusted sourdough loaf is you can use what's called a Dutch oven. What you do is you just drop your, your dough in parchment paper and all into a preheated Dutch oven. And if you don't have parchment paper, you can spray the bottom of the oven and flour it a little bit too. So that'll help so it won't stick. It'll be easier to take out. This is a style of baking bread that came from Holland. That's what they used to do over there. So they used to bake bread. It's other places in Europe too. So it's not particularly just the Dutch, but they used to have you know these hearth ovens that were outside. They would use cast iron pans and they would put a lid on it. And so that's your, your makeshift oven. And so the nice thing about the Dutch oven is that you don't need to add steam. So you just put the loaf in there and then you put a lid on it. And what's going to go on is the loaf will naturally emit steam as it's being baked. And the lid will allow it to capture that steam, producing that nice, harder crust. What you have to be careful with, with these Dutch ovens is that you've got to preheat it, right? Then after about 20 minutes of baking, you remove the lid because you want to get some good color on the loaf. So you are handling this very hot, heavy pan. I can tell you it's super easy to get burned. And we call it in the bakery kind of joke because... Um, if you're a baker for very long, you're, you're going to get a baker tattoo. It's kind of like a, and they don't, they don't feel good. And I'm sure getting a tattoo doesn't feel good either, but I would say it's probably going to be worse because you really get, you get burned on like your inner arm for whatever reason. It's not like your, you know, your fingers, which are pretty callous or whatever. It's like that sensitive skin on your arm is what usually seems to get you. And you really don't need a Dutch oven to produce a high quality artisan sourdough loaf. Most commercial bakeries, or actually all of them that I know, they don't bake with these type of pans. I'm, for one thing, it's it adds extra steps into the production. And you got to be careful about adding all these extra steps into production when you're baking commercially, because it, it is about labor, controlling your labor costs and the time too. So I got to get these products out for my customers as well. Usually it's a lot easier just to add water in these commercial ovens. And, and lastly, is that your commercial ovens are really, they're they're better insulated. So if you think of an oven kind of as an insulated box, um, commercially, it's just a higher quality of insulation. However, if you want to advance to baking with Dutch ovens, I would look for some used ones at secondhand stores. I mean, these guys are going to last forever. And the other thing is, is that I would recommend some of the bigger ones. It's going to allow you to do a bigger loaf. So they have them like up to like six quarts, I believe. So that's what I would do is take in the other thing I've heard of. I even heard of people using like a cast iron skillet, putting another cast iron skillet on top of it. Sure. Give that a try. I mean, worst thing that's going to happen is that it doesn't produce, it doesn't capture as much uh, steam because it's not completely sealed, but I'm sure it's still going to taste great. And like I said, I mean, this is, this is one of those loaves that you can follow the same procedure a hundred percent one day. And the next, you know, whatever, a month later, it's the same, seems to be the same temperature out, humidity, and you do 100% the same thing, 
yeah, you get a different product. <laughs> so so it, it, it happens commercially too. We'll even do one batch. And so we make about 12 loaves at a time. It's interesting to me is like we, we do the same process and then we still have, you know, different results within that same batch. I would keep that in mind, but I will tell you that the four day process, it really is worth it if you want that tangy sourness. I like this bread and it's, to me, it's just great. You dip it in olive oil or butter or whatnot, but I will tell you that it's a pretty strong sourness to it. And so if you're going to make like a regular sandwich, I probably would recommend this sandwich sourdough because it's not going to overpower your sandwich. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening. And until next time, happy baking.